The work you do for your clients feels fulfilling and impactful, but running a business? That feels hard. You're not only in charge of your client work, you're also head of marketing, management, admin, client satisfaction, systems and processes. Yeah, it can feel overwhelming. That's where this podcast comes in. You're listening to The Simple Business Show with me, Nisha Woolery. Each week, we'll discuss simple ways to start, market, and organize your service-based business. My mission? To teach solopreneurs how to simplify their business so they can earn more money by doing less stuff. Let's dive in. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. It is a beautiful day outside, the sun is shining, the sky is blue, and I'm just feeling really grateful that I get to sit here and talk with you and look at this incredible view from outside of this window. And I also cannot wait to get out there and like actually be in the sunshine, (laughs) but I'm very happy to be talking with you. I'm here today to talk about five ways you may be frustrating your clients. And before we jump in, I do want to say that if you do realize that you're doing any of the five things that I'm about to talk about, please don't be too hard on yourself. This episode isn't here to shame you, guilt you, make you feel like a bad business owner. No one benefits from you feeling bad, especially not you. This episode is here to help you become self-aware about certain things that may be tarnishing your client's experience with you and ultimately maybe stopping them from telling all their friends about you and working with you again, which is something that I don't want for you because I know that a lot of people who listen to this podcast are incredibly talented creatives who deserve all the dream clients in the world. So listen to this podcast, not with self-criticism in mind, but listen with a view to improving your service and making your clients happier. Happier clients will work with you again and they will shout your name from the rooftops without even being incentivized to do that. The sad truth is not all clients are that happy when working with someone, even if they don't say it. This is a powerful truth to be aware of. It isn't just the clients who actually verbally complain that aren't satisfied, More often than not, particularly if you work with a lot of introverted clients, they won't speak up about their frustrations unless the frustration is so huge that they have to. You know, the people who don't complain when their food is bad at a restaurant, which is me, by the way. (laughs) I will very rarely complain if my food is bad unless it's really terrible. Well, if someone, I mean your client, isn't going to complain in a restaurant to a waiter that they probably will never see again unless they regularly eat there, why would they voice their frustrations to an actual person they're working with on an intimate project like web design or coaching? Something that they are spending weeks or maybe months on with a person. Usually that kind of person won't, not unless it's a really big deal and they have to speak up about it. Now, I'm definitely not saying assume all your clients aren't happy with you unless they're saying so. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is if your clients haven't been very verbal about being happy with your work or if you just, more importantly, if you intuitively feel like something is off with your clients, I want you to find the courage within yourself to explore why this might be. There are usually five common ways that creatives can frustrate their clients 
and I'm going to tell you what they are right now and give you a way to rectify them so that this episode doesn't leave you feeling low or like you have no clue how to fix any of these points if you resonate with them. Ready? Point one is lack of initiative. Taking initiative means seeing something that needs to be done or seeing a problem and doing or fixing it of your own free will without anyone telling you what to do or how to do it. One of my top values when working with a new subcontractor, like a virtual assistant for instance, is initiative. This value is particularly important if you're something like a VA, social media manager, if you handle customer service, or if you have any kind of service that involves using tech for your clients. Your client has probably hired you to save themselves time, right? So if you're continually asking them how to do something that could have been easily Googled, if you'd taken the initiative to do so, it's going to be a bit frustrating for them. Remember, Google and YouTube are invaluable and they're available to all of us all of the time. If you can't find the answer there and it's taking far too long, then of course it's perfectly understandable to go to your client about it. But I think that it shows real initiative and care for your client's time if you don't immediately go to them with every small question or issue that you come across. When you use your initiative, it impresses your clients so much and it shows them that you think as a team member and not just a one person business who's in this for the money that they get out of it. This is really important, particularly if you work with clients on retainer and you're not just working with them one time. So here are a couple of examples because I don't want you to like resonate with this and think, oh no, what, what can I do to fix this? So here's a couple of examples of how you can start using your initiative. Number one, software questions that you have, right? So let's handle this. Let's say that you're a VA and you manage your client's payment processor and you have a question about that processor. Why not Google it or look for the answer in the software company's FAQ page or contact their tech support before asking your client? If you suspect that the client also won't know the answer, they're just going to do these things anyway. But when you take the initiative to do it, it shows that you respect their time. Number two, I would say speak up and share your ideas and feedback. Let's say that you are something like a brand designer and your client has a very specific idea for their logo, but the colours are really ugly. (laughs) I've definitely been there, so I know that some people listening should be able to relate. If you don't speak up, you can proceed, create their design and collect your money, and they'll be happy for a time until partners, friends and followers point out that they don't really love the logo. And then they'll wonder why you as the expert didn't say anything. Of course, sometimes you'll say something and the client just won't listen and that's on them, but take the initiative to say something and sometimes the client will listen and be so thankful that you saved them from making a poor decision. The second way you may be frustrating your clients is by not setting expectations up front. I actually spoke about setting expectations with your clients in episode 28, Why You Need a Welcome Page. But what I said in that episode really got to the point, and so I'm going to read that here for you right now. Many of your clients may have flawed expectations of what you can and can't do, what you will or won't provide them, and so on. So if you're a web designer, your client may expect raw files, font files, unlimited web page designs, 
Well, they may expect that you're such a pro that you'll just know exactly what they want without very much input from them. Or if you're a photographer, for instance, your clients may expect more photos than you actually provide. They may expect you to provide a hair and makeup artist. They may not expect to have to cover your travel expenses if you are traveling far. Or they may not know whether they're meant to provide you with a meal or not at their wedding, if you're a wedding photographer. When a client expects something and that isn't the case, it actually leads to them being really disappointed. And the more and more this happens in a project, the lower your client's opinion of you becomes. I actually experienced this myself when I used to sell web and graphic design services. I was designing a WordPress website, but I was quite new to WordPress. And I didn't tell my client what to expect and my skill level. I didn't tell her about the limitations of the template that she'd chosen and my own limitations on what I could and could not code. So she was always asking me to do this and do that. And I had to keep saying that I couldn't. I had to keep letting her down and it resulted in a very upset email from her. I actually have a whole video about this experience. So I will link to that below in the show notes. But You can avoid disappointing your clients by telling them what to expect and not expect up front. So I like to set expectations in something called a welcome page. A welcome page is a web page that outlines everything your client needs to know to work with you effectively. And it guides your client through your policies, boundaries and processes, and sets up your projects for success. So by setting expectations in a welcome page, like for instance, by telling your clients what your skill level is, or by telling your clients days of the week and times of the week that you will and won't reply to their emails, just a few examples there, this will help your clients to avoid feeling disappointed. It will stop any awkward conversations that you might have to have if you don't set expectations. It stops you from feeling like the bad guy having to awkwardly ask in Facebook groups how to respectfully let your clients down and it stops you from having to cave in and try to meet expectations that you can't or you rather wouldn't. I actually have a free masterclass called how to create a welcome page in one hour and in it I teach you 10 vital things that your page must include, when to send your welcome page to a client and in what format, one welcome page tweak that will get your clients to hand in files and feedback on time always and three examples of welcome pages and welcome packets. This class is totally free, so to sign up, just go to organizeandautomate.com slash class. Now, moving on to the third way that you may be irritating your clients, lack of organization. In your client's eyes, organization equals professionalism. I say this a lot on this podcast because it is true. When your process is chaotic, The client doesn't understand what's next and the project feels messy. It stresses your client out because mess equals stress. You know like how sometimes when your desk is just filled with papers and pens and post-it notes and cups of coffee or empty cups and it just makes you feel irritated, like it makes you feel like a mess? That kind of instance is exactly the same in a business. When your processes are documented and structured so the client understands exactly what you do next, when you use tools to make the process simpler, and when you are so on top of things that you make your clients think, wow, I need to be like this with my clients, 
then your clients will reach that level of being so happy with your work that they're willing to tell others about you without you even incentivizing them. Their followers, friends, partner, their mastermind buddies. Clients only really shout about people from the rooftops and are really happy to pass someone's name and service around when they feel like they were provided with not only great results, but a really great process and experience. When one of those components is missing, It doesn't leave your clients feeling warm and fuzzy and compelled to spread the word about you. The fourth way you may be frustrating your clients is with your attitude. Have you ever gotten a text from your partner that was just one word, something like, okay, or fine, in reply to your much lengthier, often serious message? Now, how about one word or one short sentence with a period at the end? I know you know what I mean. Okay, so some people do talk like this and it's their normal texting tone and there's nothing wrong with that. But for a lot of people, usually the emoji using type, this kind of message is a signal that something is off. They're in a mood or they're not happy with you or they're giving you the cold shoulder. It sounds kind of paranoid, but we can all usually tell if someone's being off with us in a text or an email if they don't usually type this way to us. And your clients have the same intelligence. If you're rude or shirty in messages to them, they'll know. If your client has said something that has annoyed you, don't reply straight away. Don't go from using emojis and LOLs with them to shooting them a fine, full stop kind of message or a sarcastic comment or anything that shows a lack of professionalism. You don't need to use lots of exclamations and emojis when you're annoyed because that would not be genuine, but always remember to be professional. Respectfully apologise if you made a mistake and tell them how long it will be before you correct it. Or if you haven't made a mistake and the client has just, you know, kind of been irritable with you maybe or a little bit rude, then still reply in a friendly but respectful way. I can remember a time when my dad told me this story about this man who was cold calling and he knocked on someone's door and the person was actually a night shift worker. So when we all sleep at night, this guy sleeps in the day. And this cold caller had knocked on his door and the guy was really irritated that he had woken him up. So he shouted at him and yelled at him from the doorstep, swore at him. And the guy who had knocked his door was genuinely apologetic and respectful and he was polite. He didn't like shout back or get upset. He just apologised very politely and walked away. And then the guy who was the night shift worker, this was a guy that my dad worked with, came to work a couple of days later and told my dad how bad he had felt for talking to that man that way and told my dad that he was trying to find out who the man was so that he could apologise. So if your client is not usually annoying or rude, or whenever they are that way, it would be a shame for you to overreact and snap back at them because you never know what they're going through in their personal life. So try and give them the benefit of the doubt if they're not usually that way with you. If they're not usually rude or irritable, maybe they're just going through something difficult in their own work and personal life. Don't give them attitude it doesn't give them reason to work with you again. The last way that you may be frustrating your clients is forgetfulness. 
Now, forgetfulness isn't that big of a deal, so don't beat yourself up about it, especially if it doesn't happen regularly. Most clients understand that no one's perfect and they don't expect perfection from you, but they do expect professionalism. A couple of, you know, bouts of forgetfulness and they most likely won't really notice. Just be sure that it's not a continuous thing. This often does go hand in hand with lack of organisation. When your process isn't documented and organised, things tend to be forgotten and certain steps in the project are forgotten. Certain things that you told the client you'd send them but never did and meetings that you forgot that you had. So the best way to cut down on forgetfulness is to get organised. Start by documenting your project process, every step and deliverable, so that you can check off each step as you go through the projects and never forget steps again. I feel like this doesn't just help keep your clients satisfied and happy, but it helps you maintain your sense of competency. When we feel confident in our (laughs) self-competence, mouthful there, We are less prone to struggling with feeling like an imposter in our industry or in business and our self-esteem around our creative work can flourish. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Remember, if you were nodding your head to any of these points and you really resonated with them, don't beat yourself up about it. There's no such thing as a perfect business owner, just lots of flawed humans doing their best to improve. So I hope this episode has helped you become aware of any improvements you need to make to your client projects and given you some ideas of how you can get better. Before I wrap things up, just a quick reminder that if you'd like further help setting expectations and boundaries with your clients, documenting your process for them and making sure your client projects are set up for success from the very start, then you can watch my free masterclass, How to Create a Welcome Page in Just One Hour. A welcome page is a web page that outlines everything your clients need to know to work with you effectively. And at this workshop, I'm going to be sharing 10 things that page must include, when to send your welcome page and in what format, one welcome page tweak that will get clients to hand in files and feedback on time always. And I'm going to be sharing a few examples of welcome pages from other creatives. This class is totally free, so go ahead and sign up at organizeandautomate.com slash class. Thank you so much again for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your day. Hey friend, thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the show so you never miss future episodes. And if you're feeling extra motivated by what was discussed today, I would seriously appreciate it if you'd open up the Apple Podcast app on your phone and leave a super quick review. Honestly, your reviews tell iTunes that this podcast is worth listening to and iTunes then gets this show in front of more solopreneurs so they can get the help they need to bring more inner calm to their business. Okay, that's it from me today. Thank you for listening and I will speak to you soon.